0: So, I've come to talk to you today about Jesus. <sighs> Isn't this such a beautiful moment? I just feel, I, I don't know why, but I just feel like right, this right moment right now is such a beautiful moment. Um, look at the, just for a minute, look at the cross and just imagine that the lines of the cross, this line and this line, just went forever in both directions and just kind of keep that image in your mind as we talk because what I'm going to talk to you about today is if you can think about this line, we're going to talk about who God is and then this line, we're going to talk about what he's done and we're going to keep coming back to that image going to start with a little story. Um, So about a week and a half ago, Adam and I went out for a coffee date, which we sometimes do. We try and do it every week. And um, I hope I can do this story justice because it's really funny. Um, So we went to a coffee shop that we don't normally go to. And um, we, we went in, we got a muffin and a coffee and sat down and it was kind of loud, and it was kind of crowded, and we, wanted, we just wanted a place to have a quiet chat, but it wasn't that, and the place, it, it didn't have a lot of like soft furnishings, so everybody was echoing everywhere, and, and then this guy, in the, we were in a booth, and this guy behind me started talking on the phone, and he was talking so loud, and it sounded like he was sitting right next to me, and I just couldn't hear. And we were trying to have a chat. We only had like 45 minutes, and I thought, oh, we should move. So I looked around, there wasn't really anywhere to move. And, um, <laughs> and then um, just out of nowhere, Adam just like sneezed really, really, really loud. Like I've never heard him sneeze in my life and it and it was like have you ever heard somebody sneeze but it like had a, like a yell at the end and it was like i'm i'm not going to try and imitate what he did but it was so loud and it was almost like at the end of it that he did it deliberately and it, it was the i mean i just stopped and i was like did that just happen <laughs> and then i noticed that the whole place was silent like, not, the guy behind me stopped talking. Everybody in the whole place stopped talking. <laughs> there was just nothing. <laughs> and we, the only thing that, that probably anyone could hear at that time was us laughing like kids. Because I was like, I can't believe you just did that. But it worked, because then, the guy, so the guy on the phone, he, I don't know if he left or I don't know, but he... He never started talking again, and we had a really quiet 45 minutes. It was great. <laughs> but I, I tell that story because um, we're talking about the book of Colossians, and basically what the, what Paul is doing in the book of Colossians is he's lifting up Jesus so much and making him so loud that so that people won't be able to hear anything else, so that, so that it's Jesus lifted up above everything. And everything else just kind of fades into the background. So, um, yeah. So I'm going to read from Colossians chapter 1. And if you have your Bibles with you, you can turn there. I'll give you a second to get there. So this is Colossians chapter 1, and it's 15 to 20. And there's a lot in here, but I'm just going to pull out. A few bits. So, Colossians 1, 15 to 20. The Sun is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all of his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Okay, so there's a so much, so much in there. The first thing I, I want to pull out is 16 and 17 where it says everything was created in him, through him, and for him. And first of all, isn't it so amazing that Jesus is is the image of God? So if you want to know what God is like, we can we can look at Jesus because it says here that all of the fullness of God is in Jesus. That's just amazing to me. So, yeah, so so if you have a look at verses 16 and 17, Um, everything was created in him, through him, and for him. So, uh, you know, we talk about the image of the cross. So if you think about this going all the way up, no one has... So right now, Jesus is up in heaven, and nobody is higher than him. But isn't it amazing to think that no one has gone lower so there's nobody higher and no one has ever gone lower. I was hearing somebody speak a message, um, I was listening to a podcast a couple weeks ago, and this person was talking about how they went to Israel and they looked, they visited the site of Caiaphas's dungeon where um, Jesus spent the night, the night before he died. And they were talking about how in that place there was an open Bible and it was open to Psalm 88. And which is a psalm kind of about the suffering, prophetic psalm about the suffering of Jesus. And it says at one point in the psalm, you have lowered me into the lowest pit. And um, so when I look at the cross, I think no one has gone lower than Jesus. So I think at this point, we're going to stop. And um, I think this would be a really good time to have communion. So, um, but, Father, I just thank you so much for what you've done in sending Jesus. Jesus, we're so grateful for what you've done for us. So um, D, if you could come up and, um, and if there's someone else who wouldn't mind helping just pass out some of the communion stuff. Um, those of you who are joining us online, if you could grab what you need. Um, when I was, I was just sitting, kind of sitting with God this morning and the, the scripture that came to my mind was... Um, was Isaiah 53, sorry, Isaiah 55, and this has become really special to me, this is, so the first time, well, not the first time, but I read this at Paul and Renee's wedding, and I can't, I haven't been able to get away from it since then, it's just, I feel like I'm, I keep coming back to it so I'm just going to read it out. It says, Come all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen to me and eat what is good and you will delight and the richest of fare. give ear and come to me listen that you may live i will make an everlasting covenant with you my faithful love promised to david and this is Psalm, um, isaiah 53 surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering yet we considered him punished by god stricken by him and afflicted but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. Jesus, we thank you so much that you, your body was broken for us. So don't take it yet, but if you could just take out the this bread... Our bread. We can't live without you, and we thank you so much for giving your giving your body for us. Thank you, Lord. And Jesus, we thank you that you gave every drop of blood that was in your body for our sins and for our you paid for us you bought us you paid for our freedom and we're so grateful and as we remember the way that, that you suffered and the different ways that you suffered you did it because you love us and we're so grateful for that and so as we as we drink this we remember and we say thank you thank you for giving yourself for us thank you lord you that your blood is enough hmm. that you would subject yourself to this earth that you created with you and uh, I want to just say uh, where were we I lost my place so we, we talked about 16 and 17 and about how in him all things were created and in him all things hold together okay so John John the Baptizer. I don't know if any of you remember uh, or if if any of you have ever read the bit where um, John, it's John chapter 3 and you don't have to turn there but I'll just read it. So he says, the one who comes from above is above all. The one who is from the earth belongs to the earth and speaks as one from the earth. The one who comes from heaven is above all. Okay, so we said he in him, all things were created. He was before all things. In him, all things hold together. So basically, he is, he's everything. He's, he's all. So I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about how, how if... I guess I was thinking about it when my daughter was... She was doing her homework, and she's doing fractions, and you know she had this... It was a picture of this piece of this... Um, you know, like a pie or a pizza, and it was cut into sections. And I thought, if he's, if he's all, he can't be part of. If he's all, he can't be, like, just a section of or an addition to. And I was thinking about my own experiences in school with math. I used to hate math. And I, I, I because I just, my brain just does not <laughs> do mental math very well. And But I thought, I can do this math, and this math is, he, the math is, he's enough. There's nothing that we can add to him. and But we can try and do that. But when we start doing that, then we subtract from who he is and what he's done for us. I mean, it doesn't change the way he is, but it changes our perception. When we we start thinking that we need to add to what he's already done and to who he is because, you know, he's not, he's not something that we can just like fit into our life. We can't just say, oh, I've got this piece and I've got this piece and I've got my family here and I've got my work here and I, and I'm just going to fit Jesus in. No. So, and you know, I mean, I've, I've heard, it, it reminded me of a song that I, that I'd heard in the past about Jesus being the center. And I thought about it and I was like, you know what? He's not like, he's not just the center. He's everything because we can't just say, oh yeah, Jesus is at the center and then I'm going to add all this other stuff. And if we want him to be all to us, we have to be willing to let him be that. Um, so that's, that's just something I've been kind of turning over in my head. If he really is all, which, which that's what this is saying. All things were created in him. He was before all things. In him, all things hold together and exist. And then John the baptizer says, the one who comes from above is above all. So that sounds like all to me. Um. And he is not, um, he's, Jesus is not a means to get somewhere else. So he, like, he is all. So he's not like, we're going to, you know, come to God so that we can get to somewhere else. No, he's, he's it. So, you know, we talked about, I think, I can't remember a couple of weeks ago, I think, we were talking about assignments and things that, adventures that God takes us on. That's not the goal. So, you know, God is, when we say yes to Jesus and we, fo- we, fo- we start following him, he's going to give you that. He's going to send you. He's going to give you that. But that's not the goal. So he, he's the goal. And we can't come to him with that as the goal. and we can't compartmentalize his presence and we're not coming to Jesus i mean we want we we want to create environments where people encounter god we want him to move we want people to meet him but we're not seeking the move we don't he is the move he he is the move it's him. So he wants to heal people. And, you know, this morning, he wants to heal people. He, he always wants to set people free. And he's, he's, when he's here with us, he's always going to want to do stuff. But that's not what we're seeking. What we're seeking is him. And when we want him to speak to us, you know, I've said this before, I think, from the front. We, we want to hear his voice, and we need to hear his voice. But let's not forget that the voice comes from the mouth and the mouth is on his face and the face is him. So it's, it's him. It's his. It's the person. It's the person of Christ. And in the book of Colossians, the people of that time were so distracted by so many things. And the more I read of the book, the more I think, oh, this is such a This is just so relevant to where we're at right now in the world. And things can get so clouded because there's so much going on. And um, when we lift up Jesus, and what Paul is trying to do is, I don't know if you've ever, as a child, looked up at the sky and thought, um, why don't the stars, because I remember doing this as a kid, like, why can't I see the stars in the daytime? And I remember, like, asking my parents that. And, um, and what I'm, what Paul was trying to do and what I really want in this little space that we have is Jesus is being lifted up. And when we worship, Jesus being, is being lifted up. And, you know, I asked that question and someone said to me, well, it's because the sun is so high in the sky and it's not that the stars aren't there, but we can't, we can't see them. So our message as a church is not South Shore Community Church, it's Jesus. The message of the evangelist is not let's go evangelize everybody, it's Jesus. People who are prophets or people with a prophetic gift, they don't go around saying, this is how you prophesy. They say, this is Jesus Christ. The message of the missionary is not go. Because once you get there, what are you going to say? The message of the missionary is Jesus. And the message of this book is not the book. The message of this book is Jesus. This is Jesus. And, you know, we've talked about a Jesus, you know, we've talked about revolution. This word keeps popping up. We can't have a Jesus revolution without Jesus. Jesus. We're not going to have a revolution for the sake of it. We, we need a Jesus revolution. And a Jesus revolution is about meeting Jesus. It's not about just, like, good change for the sake of change. And it's in that that he starts moving. So we don't need to seek. And I... I, I May it be for this house that we have a true Jesus revolution and not just change and not just going through the motions of this is what we do. And We need Jesus to take us from this place to this place, and we need to turn around because that's what revolution is. It's a complete and total turnaround, and it's a complete and total shift and it's not like a shift of, you know, these are changes that are happening because the changes will happen when we meet Jesus. But it's we have to meet Jesus first. And he's the one that instigates the change. I heard this amazing, amazing quote. This is so great. And I thought, just think it's, it illustrates what I was just saying. The true message of the Christian life is not to behave, but to behold. Isn't that great? I'm gonna say that again, because I love it so much. Eric Gilmore said that. The true message of the Christian life is not to behave, but to behold. Hmm. Okay, moving on a little bit further. Okay, let's go to verse 18. I love this. How am I doing on time, Adam? Okay. He is the head of the church, his body. Okay, so the message of the church leader is not, let's build a big church. So who does it say here? Who does it say that the church belongs to? Who's the head of the church? It's Jesus. It's his church. So may we never, may we never build a church. It actually says in Psalm 127 1, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. I don't want to labor in vain. I pray and may it be for this house and this body that we would tend to God's presence and that we that we would not build because he will build we are the stones we are the living stones it says in first Peter and he is building us up as a house for a habitation of his presence And then it says in verse 18, and I love this too, and this is another one of those things I just can't get away from, holds first place. So these two words I just cannot get away from. The two words are one and only. And I keep seeing them everywhere. I keep hearing them everywhere. And it kind of reminds me of, like, you know when somebody's being introduced and they say, the one, the only, and then they introduce the person. <laughs> Probably not like that, but, um, but it's the one, the one. There is no other, the only, there will never be another. And this is who Jesus is. And I want to say, I really believe prophetically for this group, that adoration, there's something about adoration for this this community that are gathered here that it's the one it's about the one and the, and the only and so in John 1 it says we gazed upon the glory of his splendor the glory of the one and only who came from the father full of grace and truth and then in Psalm 27 it says one thing i ask from the lord this only do i seek that i may dwell in the house of the lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord, and to seek Him in His temple. So He holds first place. We sang it this morning. I think it was the last song we sang, um, and it's there's just nothing. There is nothing that you can compare. Like there's nothing. There's nobody, and there's nothing that can even compares. To him, he is so other, he is so other than. He's beautiful. Then it says something that I've never, I've kind of, I've read this before and I've kind of skipped over it because I didn't really understand what it meant. But it says, um, let me go back. So it says he's firstborn from the dead. Let's go back. He is the head of the body. He's the beginning. He's the beginning. And the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have supremacy. So what on earth what does that mean? So when Jesus rose from the dead, uh, when he when he rose from the dead, did you? Because I didn't realize this, but that actual graves opened, like that people who were dead at that time, like got up out of the ground and like walked around, and it was because of the resurrection power, like the power of God that was like unleashed. And um, this, I heard this other quote, and I thought, "Oh, this is so so great." Um, that just illustrates. So he was the firstborn from among the dead. So when Jesus came out of the grave, the graves opened because he was the firstborn. Adam and Eve fell by eating fruit from a living tree, and they died. So Jesus became the first fruit hanging on a dead tree. He cursed the curse. He lived and we live. This is the gospel. And that was, um, we read the Jesus book. It's the guy that wrote the Jesus book. That was something that he said. I thought that was amazing. So he became a curse for us. So that means that curses can't, they have no power over us when we know Christ because he became the curse for us. And there's so much more that can be said about that. I mean, oh, he's firstborn from among the dead. I mean, it's not really about what I'm talking about, but I just think it's amazing. Do you remember the story of Jonah and... Jesus was talking to to some people, and they said, Give us a sign. We want a sign. And he said, I'm not going to give you a sign except for the sign of Jonah. And I always wondered what that meant. But then I thought, oh, so the fish vomited Jonah out of his mouth. And the earth vomited Jesus. Because Jesus, you know, like when you have something kind of gross but when you have something that you have that your body has to get rid of because it's a foreign thing you vomit it up and jesus was it was as if the earth vomited him up because he's not of the earth i just think that's amazing anyway it's another for another time um so So God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in Jesus. He was pleased and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. So we look at the cross again and we think, who he is, what he's done, and just imagine... His arms spread out. And they're spread out wide for you and for me. And there is room at the table for everyone. And he died for all of us so that we could know God. Just think about that for a second. What does that mean? What does that mean for you? Because... I mean, I heard that so many times growing up in church, but I think one day it just landed and I thought, oh, I never really knew. I heard it over and over again, but it never really sunk in that it was for me. So what does that mean for you? What does it mean, you know, when we talk about Jesus dying and we talk about Jesus Raising to life again, what does that actually mean for your life? It means that you're forgiven. It means that you don't have to work to receive God's acceptance. It means that you are not li- you don't have to live as a slave. It means that you're no longer an orphan, but that He adopted you into His family. It means that you're not alone. means that you're free it means that you are new, that you can be new that God can actually make you new and that's something I never actually knew I thought that when I met Jesus that he just kind of like cleaned me up a little bit and kind of like sent me on my way but actually I found out years later that actually what happened is that I died and that he that he gave me a new self and that I was, that I was alive in Christ and that the, the old actually doesn't even exist anymore. Isn't that amazing? I mean, when I found that out, it was during COVID. I was on, it was so random, but I was on the, I was exercising and I, and it just, I don't know, I just had this penny drop moment and I was listening to this song and I was like, What? What? Nobody ever told me that. It's amazing how long we can be (laughs) in church and surrounded by all these things, but can never actually hear the power and the truth of the gospel. So um, I've said a lot of things this morning. And, you know, they really will just be head knowledge for you unless... you take them away and you go, you know, like into your room or somewhere quiet and shut the door and let God say them to you. So if anything stuck with you this morning that you just, you know, it might only be one little thing, but take it away and go and get by yourself and let God say it to you because then it'll go in here. And that's what we really want. We don't really want any more head knowledge. We have that. It doesn't really change anything. So I'm going to pray. Yeah. Jesus. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. And I ask that you would show yourself real to all of us in this room right now. And I ask, Father, that, that, that your spirit, you would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation that we can know Christ, that we would know Jesus better.